Welcome to First Baptist Belton. By God's grace, we aim to be a gospel-centered people that know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the following message. All right, good morning. We doing all right? Yeah? Feels good to be in here this morning. I know it's cold outside, but man, it's, uh, it's good to be in here, good to worship with you this morning. For those of you worshiping online, we're so thankful for you. You know, I don't know about you, but man, getting to see all these kiddos, their smiling faces, singing about Jesus is, well, I don't know if you can find a better way to be excited about the future than to see these kiddos uh, saying, uh, uh, hell, you missed one. That's <laughs> pretty awesome, isn't it? I know, I loved it. Well, today we're gonna finish up our series in the Discipleship Pathway series that we've been doing. If you've been with us, we've been in eight weeks where we've been talking about what it means to know and to follow Jesus. And if you remember, here's what it looks like. So there's four steps, and within each one of these little steps, you've got two uh, particular aspects of that. And so what we have said is that to know and to follow Jesus means that you're connecting with him, so you've begun a relationship with him, it means that you have taken this step of committing to the family of God, namely a local church, committing to and, and joining a local church. Uh, then we talked about the importance of growing in your knowledge and your love for God, His Word, and then for other people, and that would be grow. And then we talked about how we want everybody, the expectation is everyone uh, ought to be serving. If you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus, then, then God has, by nature of that, been, has given you a, a gift to serve his family. Uh, and so you have a gift that you ought to be exercising in the body of uh, of Christ, and then from there, that you ought to be seeking the welfare of our community, seeking to bless the place that God has placed you. And just in case you don't remember where you are, you're in Belton, Texas, in Bell County. So in 2022, God has placed you here to make a difference in our community, which is great. But then also we talked about the importance of, of, of sharing our faith, uh, whether that be at home, whether that be in our neighborhoods, whether that's at work or school, uh, wherever that may be, we have the responsibility. We are plan A for God uh, sending us into the community to proclaim the gospel and invite people to believe in him. And so we're, we're gonna share our faith. But then also we talked about uh, how we ought to raise up the next generation to know and follow Jesus as well, to, to live out these steps in their life as well. And so we, we talked about the importance of leaving a legacy of faith. And so today we're gonna conclude that series as we talk about how are we gonna continue this in 2023? Did y'all know it's gonna be 2023 in just a few months? That seemed kind of crazy, 2023, it's here, right or you're not. And so we're gonna talk about how are we gonna live out the path to purpose in 2023? And we're gonna do it by running the race. We're gonna run the race that Christ has set before us. And so if you have a Bible, I hope you do. Why don't you meet me in Hebrews chapter 12. We're gonna be in Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through two this morning as we consider how are we gonna run the race in 2023. You know, something that I want you to know and that you're gonna hear this morning is, you know, this series can't just be another series. You know what I mean by that? It can't just be another series. It can't just be something that I heard one time and then it was something we talked about 
and we had these really cool banners scattered all over the church for no reason, right? My hope is, is that these things don't just become a sermon series or just something that we do. It's who we are. It gets into the core of our being, into our very DNA as a church, okay? So as we consider 2023, let's run the race. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Read along with me. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, when it comes to the Bible, one of the things that I love the most about, you know, getting into a room, a quiet room and opening the Bible, I love to study the themes and the the different uh, uh, plot lines that you see running throughout the Bible. And one of the cool threads that you see all throughout the Bible is this idea of race of running the race. In fact, Paul and others often refer to the Christian life as running a race. It's really true, it's it's like we're running a race. And so in this text too, the author of Hebrews is calling us to run the race of the Christian life. But hear this, not only are we called to run, but we're called to run with a purpose. So we don't run aimlessly, We run with a purpose, with a vision, with a mission, and a specific purpose. Now, as I mentioned before, to run the the race simply just means that we are all connecting, we're all growing, we're all serving, and we're all multiplying, and we're helping other people to do the same thing. That's what, when I say we're running the race in 2023, that's what I'm talking about, is we want everyone, the expectation is everybody in this room is connecting, growing, serving, multiplying and helping other people to do the same. Now, here's something crazy I want, I want you to think about. Have any of you ever heard of the Western States Ultra Marathon? Anybody ever heard of the Western States Ultra Marathon? I got some runners in the room. Okay, so the Western States Ultra Marathon, and yes, I do mean ultra marathon. There are crazy people in the world who run more than a marathon. They're probably sick. If you're in this room, I'm... Uh, I don't want to diagnose anything, but you're probably a little sick. Um, I can't imagine running a marathon, much less an ultra marathon. Well, the Western States is this grueling 100-mile race that goes up through the mountains, lots of twists, turns, obstacles, a ton of unknowns. It's a 100-mile race. And I started thinking as I was reading about this race, I thought, you know, the Christian life is kind of a lot like that. It's 100 miles, it's a, it's a long way from here to there. And yet there's a lot of obstacles, there's lots of twists, there's turns, we've gotta run through some dark places, chasing the light. But at the end of the day, we're called to run the race. That's the Christian life. And so despite all of these realities, we are called as Christ followers to enter the race, but not only to enter it, but to finish it. So how do we do that? What does that look like? How do we do that? How do we, how do we run the race with purpose? How do we seek, how do we set our sights on the finish line? Well, let's talk about that. I've got five things that I want you to see this morning. As we consider 2023, here's how we are gonna finish the race. Here's how we're gonna run it. Number one, we're gonna do it together. 
We're going to finish the race. We're going to run the race together. I want us uh, to focus on running the race together. Listen, there is something so powerful when the church comes together, one heart, one mind. We're living and walking in unity with one another as we seek to run to the finish line together. You know, in verse one, the text says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we run the race. See what the author of Hebrews is doing is he's drawing us back to Hebrews chapter 11, where he mentions what, what many of us know as the heroes of our faith. People like Abraham and Sarah, people like Noah and Enoch, people like King David, and he's drawing us back to them so that we can, we can experience a little bit of inspiration. It's almost as though the author of Hebrews says, hey, listen, if they can do it, you can do it as well. If all of these men and women who have gone before us, listen, if, if their lives mean anything, it, it's to help us see that if they can do it, then we can do it. And so it's this calling for you and me to enter the race and to run the race. Now in verses 38 and 39, they, he, the author of Hebrews kind of lets us in on a, a little bit of a secret. And he, he writes, in all of these, speaking of those folks in Hebrews 11, though commended for their faith, they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So in essence, what he is saying here is that while they started the race, Christ came to this earth to finish the race in and through you and me, even in this room. See, we may be living in 2022, looking to 2023, but really we're caught up in a really big story. It's a story of God's redemption and his faithfulness to come to this earth, to call men and women to believe in him and to follow him by giving their lives to him and so that we might spend all of eternity with him. This is the race, this is the story that we're caught up in. And so these heroes of the faith, so to speak, they began the race, but Christ is the intermediary. And now he is handing the baton to us to run the next leg of that race. And so again, we are gonna run the race, but we're gonna do it together. We're gonna do it with one heart, one mind, and one body of Christ. We're gonna do it together. You know, it's interesting that in 2018 and 2019, a guy named Jim Walmsey set the world record for the Western States Ultramarathon. 2018, he sets the world record. 2019, he shows back up and he sets another world record. It's pretty incredible. But when he was interviewed, they say, hey, Jim, well, how, what was the, what was the sec secret to your success? It was pretty interesting what he said. He said, well, my training, of course. Training was a, a big part of that, right? I mean, you can't run a 100-mile race without training for that. But secondly, and probably more interestingly enough, he says, but, but really the secret to my success were the people I had around me. It was the team of people that got me through to the finish line. See, there is a, there's something powerful about a team. There's something powerful about a congregation who, who have their minds and their hearts set on a mission and a vision and all coming together under the banner of Jesus and saying, hey, we are gonna do this together. We are gonna run the race in 2023, but we're gonna do it together. Number two, here's the second thing we're gonna do. 
We need to eliminate the extra baggage. And by that, I don't mean people, okay? We're not gonna eliminate the extra baggage. What I'm talking about here is you and I need to get serious about our sin about eliminating the sin in our life that keeps us from running the race. You know, here in Hebrews chapter 12, he says this. He says that we need to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. If you and I are gonna run the race in 2023, then we're gonna have to lay a whole, lay aside some of the sin that weighs us down. Have you ever tried to to walk or run with a 50 pound weighted vest. Anybody ever done that? It's amazing how much weight or how much impact 50 pounds, additional 50 pounds makes. And yet each and every time when we choose sin and when we choose to entangle ourselves in those things, what we're doing is we're weighing ourselves down. We're adding yet another unnecessary obstacle to the race. And so here's, I wanna wanna talk just a minute about some of the things that that weigh us down and that are gonna keep us back in 2023. Here we go. Number one, fear of what people may think of us. Fear of what people may think of us. Investing our money in more stuff rather than in kingdom investments, kingdom initiatives. Misplaced priorities in our time. Misplaced priorities in our time, anxiety over the future, concern for our comforts and luxuries, even looking back instead of looking forward. See, these are the things that weigh us down. They distract us and they keep us from running the race. And oftentimes it's not the major things that pull us out of the race, it's the simple things. It's when we get tired, when we're bored, I've always heard the saying, a a bored man's a dangerous man. It's those things that creep in when we least expect it that pull us up out of the race. See, a a lot of people talk about Jim Walmsey's world record uh, that he set in 2018 and 2019, but very few people talk about how he got there. See, in 2016, Jim signed up for this ultra marathon race, and it was the very first time he had ever done that. And he shows up on race day, he's ready to rock and roll, and man, the gun goes off and he takes off. And he is soaring through the course. He is at world record pace. The, the, the folks who are the commentators on the race can't believe how fast he's moving through the course. Nobody in history has ever done it. But then on the last checkpoint, his team got really worried because he didn't show up. And they're looking at their watches and they're looking at stop, their stopwatches trying to figure out where he might be, what might have happened. Well, as it turns out, somewhere around mile 92, yes, I said somewhere around mile 92, Jim got distracted. He got tired and he missed a turn. So all of a sudden, Jim finds himself out in the middle of nowhere. He has nowhere, he has no idea where he's at. For him, the race is over. I don't know how to get back to the course. But the beautiful part of the story is that somehow, some way, his team finds him sitting down by a tree in the middle of nowhere. The team pick him back up and they say, Jim, you gotta finish the race. Don't give up. But for Jim, after 92 miles of pain and suffering, he's like, it's over, I can't 
I can't finish the race. The greatest threat that we face during the race is getting distracted by the things of the world. And here, the author commends us to stay focused by living lives of repentance, by recognizing our tendencies, recognizing where we run to when we get tired or, or where we go when we're stressed or when we go, where we go when we're alone. We recognize those things where we, we recognize our tendencies. And when we fall into temptation, we fall into sin to be quick to say, okay, Lord, I repent, I'm coming back and, and we return back to the race. See, the race is never over until we quit running. Until we quit running. Which leads me to number three. As a church, as we consider 2023, here's my challenge for us. I want us to be a church who refuses to quit. We're gonna do it together. We're gonna eliminate the extra baggage, but we're also gonna refuse to quit. See, after figuring out that he had made that wrong turn, then now that he was behind, Jim had nothing left. He had nothing left but his own pride, his integrity, and a group of people around him saying, hey, you can do this. And so Jim ends up getting up on his wobbly legs, and Jim gets back on a, a jog, and he jogs the next eight miles to the finish line. All the pain, all the suffering, and yet he gets back up and he continues running the race. What was so awesome about Jim's story is that he refused to quit. You know, as a kid, I, I memorized this saying, I, I don't even know where it comes from, but I, I heard it somewhere. Um, but it goes something like this. You can't fail if you don't quit. You can't fail if you don't quit. See, every race takes a great deal of endurance. And the writer of Hebrews tells us, he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, this idea of endurance, you know, the definition is pretty interesting. It, 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 it's spelled out like this. It says, endurance is the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. You know, there may be times in 2023 where you and I think, God, how can we afford to give to this? What if, what if sharing the gospel, what, what if sharing the gospel with my friends and my neighbors, what if it cost me my relationships? What, it, what if it cost me my friendships? What if it cost me my status? What if it cost me my job or my, uh, my luxuries or, or, or more money or, or more sacrifice? There may be a day in 2023 where it, it's gonna cost us, but here's what I want us to remember. I want us to remember that the race is costly but it is always worth it. I have never heard a person who has made it, made it across the finish line for maybe a, a 5K, 10K, half marathon or marathon that has said, man, that wasn't worth it. Sure, there was a lot of sacrifice. Sure, there was some pain. Sure, there was some suffering. But man, I tell you what, standing on this side of the finish line makes all of that worth it. To know and to follow Jesus and to help other people do the same is costly. If it is not costing you something, then you're probably not doing it. It's costly, but it's always 
worth it. That leads us to point number four. Point number four is that as we run the race, when it gets incredibly difficult and we feel like we can't go on, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look to Jesus. We're gonna look to Jesus. This is how we're not gonna give up. We're gonna set our mindsets on Jesus as we look to Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame and is now seated at the right hand of God. So to put that in race terms, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna draft off of Jesus. We're gonna draft off of him. To draft off of somebody means in race terms that we're gonna get in behind them. We're gonna get right in behind them and as they're running in front of us, they're gonna catch the wind and they're gonna take the obstacles and they're gonna take much of the hardships and so as we get in behind them and we get close to them, we can rest behind them. What we have to do as a church is we've got to, we've got to get in behind Jesus. We've got, that means we've got to get in close to him. We've got to get in behind of him. We've got to allow him to take the wind. We've got to allow him to take the obstacles. We've got to look to Jesus, which means that we've got to walk with him. That means we've got to talk with him. That means we've got to live our life with him. In John 15, one of the most beautiful passages in all of the Bible, he says that, that we are to abide with him, that apart from him, we can do nothing. Listen, if we want our lives to make an impact in 2023, then you as a church, me, we all need to abide with Jesus. We need to give our lives to living close behind him, walking with him, looking to him, keeping our eyes peeled on him. And as the race gets tough, and we know that it will, here's what we're gonna remember. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul, he, he, he writes this. He says, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Wow, what a beautiful promise. What Paul is saying here is that the trials that you face in the race are preparing you for an eternity with him. So the trials that you and I face in knowing and following Jesus and helping other people do the same are preparing for you to live in eternity with him. It's to set our minds on the eternal joy that drove Jesus through the cross. And that leads us to my fifth point, that we are gonna run with the outcome in mind. I want us to run with the outcome in mind. You know, when I was sitting and kind of researching about races and marathons and all this kind of stuff, I, I, I Googled, I said, Google, what is the number one fear that anyone has when it comes to running a marathon? The number one fear is what if I don't finish? What if I don't finish? Now hear me, you don't have to have that fear. Because the promise that you and I have in Christ is that he has already finished the race on our behalf. Can you imagine what it would be like to toe the line on race day, knowing that you trained, knowing that you're ready, and knowing that no matter what happens next, Sure, there's twists and turns. Who knows what the weather's gonna do, whether it's gonna rain or sleet or snow or whether it's gonna be 105 degrees outside. 
but I know that no matter what happens, as soon as I take a step off of this starting line and I hear that, that gun go off, I know that I have finished the race. Well, I think that gives us a whole lot of confidence to run, doesn't it? Gives us a whole lot of confidence for us to run. And so we set our eyes with the outcome in mind. As we tow the line in 2023, we tow the line knowing that no matter what happens, Christ is gonna finish the race in and through us. I'm so thankful for the promise that Paul gives us in Philippians chapter one, verse six, when he wrote, and I am sure of this. Paul doesn't say, hey, I, I, I think this is true. Paul says, I am sure of this, I am certain of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ. He says, I am certain of this, that as we follow him on the race that is set before us, though it may be tough, though it may take a great deal of sacrifice, we can trust that he is gonna provide for us every step of the way. He's gonna bring us safely across the finish line. And so in 2023, let us run with this kind of confidence that as we run together, he's gonna push us across the finish line. We're gonna set our heart and our mind on the mission to see all people, all generations come to know and to follow Jesus. We're gonna to refuse to quit and we can trust. We can trust that he is gonna bring us safely across the finish line. We're gonna run with the outcome in mind. And so here over the next couple of minutes, here's what I wanna do. I wanna share with you a little, uh, just a little bit of how we're gonna do that in 2023. And so I've got a couple of slides that I want you to see. Go ahead and pull those slides up. And now. All right. All right, well, we'll just do it this way. All right, so here's what's super cool. So if you were tracking with Realm over the last couple of weeks, uh, or the last couple of days, then you should have received our ministry plan for 2023. And in that ministry plan, it details every line item of where we are placing our priorities for 2023. There's nothing to hide. We've given it all to you so that you can see every line item of where the money that you give to this church, where I give to this church is going. I wanna be transparent because I want you to trust us. I want you to trust your leadership. I think it's incredibly important that you do that and, and, and that, that we're uh, living in accountability as well. Now, I've said this a handful of times over the last couple of, uh, of, of weeks that um, you know where your priorities are by two things, by your bank account and where your time goes. Your greatest priorities, if you wanna know what you prioritize most in your life, then all you gotta do is look at where your finances are going and look at where your time is going. And so in the same way, I want you guys to get a glimpse of where our priorities are in 2023. And so here's what, here's what you're gonna see, here's what, you're, what, what, you, what you can find on Realm um, or at our business meeting tonight, our family meeting tonight. What you're gonna see is a really, really cool graph that's gonna show you that 18% of our annual budget for next year is gonna go to this, helping people connect with, our, with Jesus, begin a relationship with him, and connect with our church. 18% of our overall budget is going directly to this, helping people connect with Jesus and connect with our church. The other thing that you're gonna see is that 
20, I'm sorry, 35% of our budget is gonna go to seeing people grow in their knowledge and love for God and his word and for people. 35% of our budget goes straight to pouring into your family, to my family, to seeing more kids grow up to love God, love his word and love people as themselves. 35% of our budget is going straight to that. So 18% to helping people connect uh, and connect with Jesus and connect with our church. 35% of raising up, pouring into people, seeing that they love God, that they love his word and that they love people as themselves. And then 22% of that budget, 22% of that budget is going to equip you to serve in this church and then to, to bless our community. How awesome is that? 22% of our overall budget is to raise up an army of people to serve this church and to serve our community and to seek the welfare of this community. It's pretty incredible, pretty incredible. And then 25% of our budget, of our overall budget, is going to see that the nations, that all generations, all tribes, all tongues, all nations come to know and to follow Jesus. 25% goes into our, our, our task of seeing all people come to know and to follow Jesus. That's kind of the, the grand scheme of our budget. That's, that's where we're headed. Now, here's a couple things that I want you to know about me. I think it's important that if God has called me to lead this church, then there's a couple of things that I want you to know. Number one, number one, as a family, by that I mean me, my wife, Jordan, Lane, and Drew, I need you to know that we sacrificially give to this church because we believe in it. We sacrificially, we sacrificially give to this church both in our time and in our finances because we believe that God is doing something amazing in and through us. That means I believe in our leadership. I believe in our elders. I believe in our deacons. I believe in our finance committee and our personnel committee. I believe in these people. And you know what else? I believe in you. I believe in you. And so we are gonna give sacrificially because we believe in us. We believe in this church and this family. Number two, number two, because of that, it's important to me that every dollar spent makes a kingdom difference. I do not just look at the budget and turn a blind eye. I have looked at every single line item in our budget. And I am telling you that every dollar makes a difference. Every hour that you give to this church is gonna make a difference. We are gonna be a church that matters. We're gonna be a church that matters. That when we wake up in the morning, Satan thinks, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? We're not gonna be a cruise ship, we're gonna be a battleship. A battleship where everyone, yeah, come on, come on. We're gonna be a battleship where everybody has a station, everybody has a job, everybody is sacrificing. 
You know, I remember as a kid playing football, there was that time, and maybe some of you remember this, when you're standing on the line and you're looking at one another and you're going, we've got six more. And I'm tired and I'm exhausted and I don't have anything left, but everybody else is doing it, so I'm gonna do it too. Listen, we're gonna do it together. It's gonna be awesome. I want you to know that we're gonna make a difference, that every dollar that you give to this church, I want you to be thinking that every time you give to this church, I want you to think 18% of that is going straight to helping people connect with Jesus, begin a relationship with him, and a relationship with this church. Every dollar, 35% is helping someone grow in their knowledge and love for God, his word, and for other people. Every dollar, every dollar, 22% is going to help raise up an army of people who are gonna serve this church and serve our community and bless our community and seek the welfare of the community. Every dollar, 25% is going across the globe. Listen, I wanna tell you that every time you give and every time you serve at this church, it's not just for uh, buildings and salaries and utilities and all of that stuff. It's for this. And if we don't do that, this doesn't happen. If we don't do that, if we're not faithful to the great commission, which this is the great commission to see all generations come to know and follow Jesus. And this is the plan for us to do that. And if we don't do that, we don't see the great commission happen. Now, here's something else that I want you to see. When we give, when we give our time and when we give of our finances, here's what we're giving to. We are giving to see orphans given homes. In this community, kiddos who don't have moms and dads are given a second chance at a new start with moms and dads. It's incredible. When we give, kids in our communities, in our neighborhoods have the opportunity to hear the gospel and to begin a relationship with Jesus so that they can sing the song that all these kiddos sang this morning. When we give, the homeless are fed and cared for. Those who can't afford medical care are provided for. Those considering abortion are counseled to other options. By the way, did you know that when we were at our hilltop picnic, two young ladies walked up to the Hope Pregnancy Center and there they met Jesus for the first time. It's incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. When we give, People without water are provided clean water in the name of Jesus. When we give, churches are being planted all around the world. Bibles are being translated into foreign languages, many of which I didn't even know existed. We fund Bible translators who are today, right now, translating the Bible in different languages so that people who have never heard the gospel can hear it, can read God's word, and their lives can be transformed. When we give, the gospel is proclaimed all over the world. In West Temple, Salado, Colleen, Seattle, El Paso, Taiwan, Indonesia, China, Africa, Moldova, Mexico. And by the way, when we give and these people hear the gospel and they believe, they're taking the gospel to their homes and to their states and to their counties and to their countries and they are spreading the gospel all over the world. 
When we give, we're creating a space where we can come and we can worship and fellowship with one another. We can grow in Christ together and we can be encouraged for the week. When we give, our youth are poured into. They're raised up, they're trained up in the faith to love God, to love his word, to go into their schools, to tell their friends about Jesus, to invite them to church so that they can hear the name of Jesus and experience the power of his name. And when we give, college students are reached with the gospel. They're sent on mission to their universities and across the globe. When we give, hundreds of people are given the opportunity to go on mission trips for the very first time and their lives are transformed. And when we give, hundreds of pastors and missionaries are trained to plant churches, start ministries, revitalize churches and other ministry initiatives. Every single dollar matters. Not a single dollar is wasted. But it's going to make a kingdom impact in this world, in this community, in this state, in this country, to the ends of the earth. And listen, church, this is only the tip of the iceberg. I could go on for another hour of all the things that we are doing and how we are impacting our community to the ends of the earth. You know, a couple of months ago, our, our directional leadership team, which is made up of me, Josh is our worship pastor, Craig Pearson is our executive pastor, Matt Hollingsworth is spiritual formation, Jason Gish is our mobilization pastor, and Eddie Humphrey is our connection and care pastor. We got together and we spent some time and we just said, okay, Lord, where do you wanna take us in 2023? What does this look like? And we came up with this thing called the 20. It's the 20. The 20 is a church-wide initiative where we wanna spend 20% of our resources, 20% of our time to seeing a single goal come to fruition. And so you're gonna hear about the 20 over and over and over and over and over again, but the 20 started a couple of months ago and it's gonna, it's gonna move towards Easter. So Easter's kind of the end goal, that's where we're headed. And so for the 20 of this year, here's what we wanna do. We wanna become the most welcoming and inviting church in the entire county. That when people see you and they think of First Baptist Belton, they think, wow, that's an amazing group of people. Man, they are so inviting, they are so welcoming. Man, that's the place where I wanna go to church. That's the family that I wanna join. That's the people that I want to be a part of. We want our church to be a place where all generations can invest, invite, and feel like they belong. All generations. A church where our family can invest our lives in to see our kids, to see my kids come to know Jesus so that I get to baptize them in front of all of you because of us. a place where our families can invest in, where our students can invite their friends, where you can go to your workplaces and you're excited to invite your friends to come join what God is doing here at First Baptist Belton. A place where we can invest in, where we can invite and where we can belong. A church where people can be seen, known, challenged, and loved. And this hope is, is not gonna be an initiative until Easter, although it is, we're gonna push to Easter. We want, by Easter, we want to be perfecting this 
So much so that at Easter, our goal is that this just becomes a part of our DNA. This is just who we are. No longer are we funneling all of these resources to this because we don't have to, because this is who we are. We are the most welcoming and inviting people in this county. A place where all people, all generations can invest, invite, and belong. Now, as we consider this, I want you to hear this from my mouth to your heart. There are many of you in this room who have knocked it out of the park. And you are, you are knocking this out of the park. You are connecting, you're growing, you are serving and you are multiplying you are, and you are doing amazing. And let me just tell you, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the kingdom of God seriously and this call in our lives seriously. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrificial giving. I don't think I can tell you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't do this. We cannot make an impact for the kingdom apart from you. Now, understand this. And I'm, I'm telling you this with love. There are a lot of you in the room who are not doing this. Who are not connecting, growing, serving, and multiplying. And I'm just begging you, join us. Be a part of this in 2023. Do not let 2023 be another year that comes and goes where you're still on the same point that you were in 2022. I'm begging you, take your next step and then take your next step and then take your next step. Be willing to set aside that extra baggage. Don't buy the lie that joy and purpose and happiness is found in how much stuff you have or how much money's in the bank or what girl is on your arm or what grades you make in school. Don't buy the lie. But I'm pleading with you to buy the promise that purpose, joy, meaning is found as you follow Jesus along these steps and you sacrificially give of your money and you give of your time to see God's kingdom come to this earth and make a difference for all of eternity. So I'm pleading with you as you consider 2023. That's why we're doing it in November. So all my planners can, you have a month and a half to consider, okay, Lord, what am I gonna do with my time? How am I gonna serve you? What is this gonna look like in my, what do I need to sacrifice? What do I need to cut out so that I can get more of you? And then I want you to consider your finances. We're doing it right now. All right, Lord, how much more can we give? What does this look like? How can I invest more in the kingdom? So I'm not buying the lie of all this nonsense. How, how can we do that? How can we sacrifice more so that the kingdom of God and so that the gospel can go forth? So I'm asking you, what are the things in your life that you need to set aside to say, Lord, I love you more than I love anything else on the planet. And I'm gonna sacrificially worship you with my time and my resources in 2023. Listen, church, there should never be a time in our history where we're sitting in a finance meeting and we're going, how are we gonna make budget? And right now, that was the conversation that we had last year, or last, last month. How are we, we're still short. But here's what I know. God's gonna provide it and I'm not worried about a single thing. So much so that I ask, I'm asking you, the church, to approve a budget tonight of 7% more 
because I want the bar to be up here because I believe in you. I believe in our church. I believe in the impact that we are going to make in 2023. And so I'm asking you to join me and to come alongside and let's see God do something awesome in and through us. 2023 is gonna be amazing. I can't wait for it, it's gonna be great. And so I'm just pleading with you, join me. Join me as we see God make an impact in this community to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace to us. God, we don't run the race to please you. We don't give to please you. We don't give of our time to please you. We do all of these things because you're already pleased with us. God, that you take delight in us apart from anything that we do, anything that we say. God, you take delight in your sons and daughters because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. That your wrath was satisfied on that day so that we in 2022 may run the race. And Lord, we don't have to run the race of fear of not, of not reaching the finish line, Father, because you have already reached the finish line on our behalf by sending Jesus to the cross who gave his life for us. He was resurrected on the third day so that we may run in freedom with no fear. God, we can leave our fears, our anxieties in the tomb. We can bury the lies of the world that say that happiness and joy is found in anything outside of you. Lord, let's bury those things so that we can gain more of you now and for all of eternity. God, I pray that as we sacrifice of our time and our resources, as we follow you and as we give our lives to that end, Lord, I pray that you would use our lives as an offering for the sake of your kingdom, God, would you use us? Father, use us. Use us to make an impact. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you would like more information, please visit fbbelton.org or call our church office at 254-939-0705. We are located at 506 North Main Street. We hope to see you soon.